Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. have Elijah Evans with us today. And speaking of who's better, we're going to talk about who has the better future, two of the most exciting teams in baseball, particularly in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The D-backs have been holding it down in the NL West atop the division for most of the season. And the Reds now, a sneaky team in the Central, 11 wins in a row, pretty much coinciding with the promotion of the top prospect in all of baseball, Ellie De La Cruz. These teams are awesome, man. We'll start with the Reds. This is America's team right now, huh? It's it's so exciting to see Ellie up and what they've done, the combination of some veterans, some guys that have been around for a couple years, and of course, these top prospects who are really shining. Yeah, this, this team is just so fun. Every time I turn on baseball at night, um, doing stuff, watching games, looking at things, I want to watch the Reds. I, you know, I, I find myself, I'm, I watch a ton of different games for just baseball purposes, for my own purposes, and I find myself picking the Reds almost every night is one of the games I'm watching. You can't watch every game at the same time. So if I'm split screening games, you know, one of the games on pretty much every night, except for when they're playing a few given teams I don't want to watch is going to be the Reds because they're just, they're so exciting. And this lineup is just incredibly fun to watch, Um, you know, top to bottom. They've got a variety of guys who have been in the league a little bit more and established a little bit more, more of, you know, career veteran type players. They've got a few guys who are not necessarily your huge names, but they've done their role. They know their job. They get it done. Then you've got three rookies who are just amazing and Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean, and Spencer Steer, who have all just been really fun, totally different players in their own ways. Um, but each one of those three is just excellent to watch and really doing a lot of things right at this point. Um, and then it's it's just it's just a fun lineup, top to bottom, and they just get it done. And they, you know, they're getting this nickname, the Rally Reds lately. And it's because this team is the type of team where you just can't count them out. They remind me of some of the elite teams in the league with this lineup. And you know, they don't have the talent as a Braves team where you see top to bottom, the Braves have stars filled stars all up in their lineup, but it's like this lineup is a ton of players that are all helping everybody's stepping up at different times and they're just finding a way to get back into a game or take a lead in a game on any given day right now. I think what happens when you have rookie stars that come up and perform right away, it sets everyone else kind of in, you know, their proper role. And suddenly guys who were supposed to be the stars, so to speak, or the guys that were driving a bad team look so much better. So you have you know, TJ Friedel, you have Jonathan India, Jake Fraley. These three guys have just been yep. steady all year. And now because they're in a better lineup, all of a sudden they're able to drive in more runs or score more runs or contribute more. Those three. And then now you get a Joey Votto back. And it's not like I think any of us expected Joey Votto to have some incredible season this year, but there's something about kind of like pool holes last year, McCutcheon with the Pirates, where you get the, the the veteran player back who's been the MVP type or just been a, a perennial all-star who gets on a young, exciting team. And I feel like they feed off that energy and you get a better version of even that player. And Votto obviously had a great first game back. Everything seems to be coming together at the right time for this Reds team. Yeah, it's just, it's all working. Like you were saying, you know, everybody has been able, the, the addition of these young players to the lineup has made it deep and it's gotten it to a point 
where each person doesn't have a ton of pressure on them. There's not, you're not counting on one guy. This team is not the Yankees. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of teams right now. And then you look around the league who are relying on two, three players to be their offense. And this is not that team. Ellie Dela Cruz is an amazing player and he's getting hype and he deserves all the hype in the world. He is phenomenal, but he does not need to be the player making it happen for them every given day because a day where he's not, you know, a Jake Fraley stepping up late in the game, like he did to yesterday, a Jonathan India is putting together a quality season. Like he has done. I mean, getting bouncing back from last year, you know, I mean, now you got a Votto back, you got a veteran guy who's been around the team forever. And that's a guy who, you know, Votto is going to step up on a given day here and there, and he's going to motivate the young guys to get going. And they're just, they're everything in that clubhouse is just the exact energy you're looking for in a young talented team right now. Yeah, I want to get into Ellie and Corbin Carroll as kind of a transition to the Diamondbacks in a minute. But before we do, I want to take a second on Matt McLean and Spencer Steer because these are two guys who yeah. have been on this team for a majority of the season. Uh, you know, Steer the whole year. McLean now has over 150 plate appearances. You're looking at McLean's done 313 average, 365 on base, 486 slug. He has a 125 WRC plus for those of you who don't know WRC plus is way to runs created plus measuring hitters based on a league average of hundred. So he's been 25% better than your league average hitter. Meanwhile, Spencer steers already got 10 home runs on the year. He's not striking out a ton strikes out 18.3% of the time walks over 10% of the time. He's hitting 273. He's getting on base at a 356 clip slugging at a 468 clip 118 WRC plus just solid ABs. That's what these guys have been yep. solid ABs in this and, lineup. And it's not like you're getting a ton of power from up and down this lineup. You know, you mentioned Steer. Steer in India have 10 home runs, and that's the top of the team. Yeah. So it's not a team that's relying on the long ball, and it's not a team that's relying on, you know, a few power bats. Everybody in their lineup, they got a bunch of guys with eight, nine, 10 homers. Nobody has more than 10, but it's just really good at bats, driving the ball, doing it when it's needed, and playing just good situational baseball and that does a lot and i know it's people look for power and they love the flash of you know teams that can hit a bunch of homers and just take the ball out of the yard all the time and big players pete alonzo aaron judge all those guys and that is great but a team that has a bunch of in smart talented hitters that just know their job do their job and get it done can be really effective and we're seeing that right now with the reds you look at Jonathan India, 56 runs scored, 39 RBIs. Spencer Steer, 39 runs scored, 40 RBIs. Uh, you look at uh, Jake Fraley, 44 RBIs. And the crazy thing I'm looking here, you got Nick Senzel is not even having the best season. He's driven in 28. Kevin Newman's driven in 26. Stuart Fairchild, 22. It is just a complete team effort on this front. But now they have the face to draw you in. And that's Ellie De La Cruz. And look, he's had a great start. I'm sure there's a chance he'll slide back a little bit. He's striking out over 30% of the time. It's still the beginning of his big league career, not even 100 plate appearances. But he's got a 144 WRC plus so far. He's getting on base at a 387 clip, and he's beating out ground balls to first. <laughs> the speed, the electricity that we've seen from Ellie De La Cruz, it's insane. And it's the, the crazy thing is, We've seen Corbin Carroll do it, you know, going back to last year and then all year. Corbin Carroll got a jump on him for MVP. There's there and, and rookie of the year. You know, Carroll's a guy that is is he the leading candidate for MVP right now? I think he might I, be. It's I think 
I think you can go Acuna right now, but I think Carroll's right there. I, think I mean, narrative, it's, narrative. Yeah, based. yeah, I, yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, he is doing ridiculous things, and you look at the rest of the Diamondbacks, and we're going to get into them later. But they have a lot of guys who have been good. Nobody has been Corbin Carroll. That's one of the differentiators between the Reds and the Diamondbacks. The Reds have a, guy, a bunch of guys who've been good, and yes, Ellie could quickly become that guy who's been there, who's just their star. But Corbin Carroll is the star of Arizona, and there is no question about it in every single way. He's got a 962 OPS, 16 homers, 21 stolen bases. He walks at a good rate. He doesn't strike out all that much for a young hitter. I mean, there's really nothing you can point out with Corbin Carroll that's like that's an issue. I mean, everything he's doing is good. So it's just. It's crazy to watch, and I'm really curious to see if he can keep it up. But, I mean, Corbin Carroll is a guy that we've been high on at Just Baseball for a long time. Um, he's, he was in our top, the top rankings. He was our number one prospect last year. So it's a, he's, he's a guy that we've expected to be great for a long time. And I don't know if anybody thought he was going to be this good immediately, pretty much. I mean, this is – right, like you said, this is a guy who's one of the top few players in all of baseball, right? Like not, not just good. He's – one of the best players in baseball. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep it up, but I, as much as Ellie is phenomenal and is fun to watch, there is not a single better young player in baseball than Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, you know, last year he put up a 130 WRC plus uh, in 32 games played. So now you're at a 104 game sample size of his big league career. He's a 287 hitter, 367 on base, 558 slug. He has 20 home runs, 23 stolen bases, um, and again, last year he was good. He wasn't as great as he's been this year. His career WRC plus is 149, but this year he's taken it up a notch. He's getting on base over a 380 clip. He's almost hitting 300. He has 21 stolen bases on the year, 16 home runs. He has been unbelievable. And you talk about MVP, the narrative there is here's a Diamondbacks team that hasn't made the playoffs in a couple of years. And they're right now uh, in a place where they have a better record than teams like the Dodgers and the Padres, who everyone had ahead of them this season, even the Giants, who traditionally been a better franchise. Here's the Diamondbacks. And like you said, we'll talk about the rest of the team, but it's Corbin Carroll's show right now. He is the driving force in all of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything he does is great. And it's, he's playing defense. He's running. I mean, it's really everything. This is a guy, I mean, you look at Corbin Carroll and you're not expecting a guy with a ton of pop, but he has so much natural power too. In addition to being one of the fastest base runners in all of baseball. And you know, it, it's, it could keep getting better. That's what's crazy about it. I, he has 16 homers and 21 stolen bases. I genuinely think Corbin could be a threat for 40, 40 every given season. Like, I mean, he's yeah. that, he's that good. He's going to get 40 stolen bases easily. I mean, we're, he has over, he's over halfway there and we're not even, we're in June. So he's going to get the stolen bases. He's going to get, 30 homers i think this year i mean he's that's that's already a 30 30 season in his first full year in league and i think he could be a 35 35 even 40 40 he's he's really just a full package as a baseball player and he's what's bringing people into the diamondbacks hype and you know and it carries on from there i think you he, he is the driving force but they've got a lot of guys especially a lot of these veteran guys who have been around for a little bit um that are just continuing to make to keep the keep it moving beyond carol i think you know if we get into the future of these two teams, you know, the Reds have more of these top prospects that you can dream on. The Diamondbacks this year, it's it's a lot of surprise guys. Like Geraldo Perdomo might be an all-star this year. And look, I can look at the underlying numbers and tell you there's a good chance that those stats come down a little bit. He still doesn't hit the baseball very hard, but he's getting on base at a damn near 400 clip. 
and he's hitting 291 and he's you know playing good defense at shortstop. It, it's kind of shocking. Christian Walker's the best defensive first baseman in baseball at times. And you know, he's had a nice season, 15 home runs. Catal Marte has been you know, a big bounce back year yep. there. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. kind of the throw-in in that trade for for uh, Moreno, and he's been the, the better player. And even like Evan Longoria has been yeah. you know, pretty decent. You know, it's just it's it's like the future of the Diamondbacks, I think, is all in Corbin Carroll. It's the fact that you have this guy that you know is going to be a perennial MVP candidate. Yeah. But to me, it's just this season, it feels like a team that can win the World Series. It, it has that it has that energy, and I don't know if they quite have the depth of talent towards the second half of their lineup and the second half of the rotation. Um, but I do think they're going to at least be in the playoffs, which is like something I know. Be you could you could have been high on the Diamondbacks. I was high on the Diamondbacks coming into the season, but I don't think many people. I mean, I don't think anybody really expected you know better than the Dodgers, better than the Padres right now. I mean, and I don't know if that holds up. I I kind of I still have this feeling the Dodgers pull out that division just because they're the Dodgers um, and they're going to spend at the deadline and all that other stuff. But I think the Diamondbacks are going to be a playoff team. And you know, like you said, it's a lot of these guys who have just stepped up. I mean, Cattell Marte has been a good player in the past had a really rough year last year. A lot of people were not talking about him. He wasn't getting mentioned a lot. They have decided, you know, he's going to be a second baseman and nothing else going forward last year. They kind of made that shift for him. He was moving around a lot the last few seasons. He's killing it. I mean, 864 OPS. He's been an excellent player. As you said, Walker's been great. Guriel's been great. And the other thing with the Diamondbacks that's interesting is while they don't have a ton of prospects, the second half of their lineup is a lot of young guys who haven't quite got there yet, but definitely could. I mean, you look at a, a Gabby Moreno, right? He was acquired to be their catcher of the future. And yes, he's a good defensive catcher. So that already helps, right? You're getting a good defensive catcher is, is a huge thing for your, for your long-term pitching staff and all these other factors. But Moreno has a lot more in his bat that we haven't really seen yet. He's got a 649 OPS. You know, he's gotten on base at an okay clip, a little over 300, but definitely not what you're looking for, not what you're expecting from a guy who was the top catching prospect in baseball or the second, maybe the second best catching prospect in baseball. But he is, I expect a lot more from him. Same thing goes for Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas. Um, You know, they're both guys who were expected to fill out that outfield with Carroll and be, after last year, they both had big years last season and were expected to be, you know, really good counterparts to Carroll in the outfield. And it's really just been the Carroll show in the outfield. And those two have been, they're both good defensively, but on the offensive side of the ball, they're both have been below average most of the season. Um, but I think both those guys can get back on track. You know, McCarthy's a contact bat. Alec Thomas is a little bit more of a versatile bat. Um, but I think I, I see a world where, you know, McCarthy's got a ton of speed. He's getting his stolen bases, but he can get, if he can get on base a little more often, really take advantage of that speed. Thomas can get going a little more all around, just making more card contacts and more power in his bat. So I think there's a lot more to like there beyond just the top half of the lineup from some of those young guys that we haven't seen much from. And the team has still been good. So this is a team where you're still seeing a lineup that's destroying the ball, but that's not factoring in some of these players that they expected to be part of the team. So if you can take Carroll and all those veteran guys that are performing really well and get some stronger performance out of the bottom of the order, the young guys, then you're looking at a lineup that is really good top to bottom. I think that the the Diamondbacks, you know, are are a team that maybe needs to add one more arm that you can trust in a playoff series. And, And I think pitching we'll get to in a minute, but Overall, just looking at these two teams and kind of the future, I I think that going into this year, we thought the Diamondbacks were a year away and the Reds were probably a year away from being a year away. I think both of them have sped up that timeline by a year where this is the Diamondbacks time 
And the Reds are probably a year away from real, real contention, but their division is so bad that they can mess around and make the playoffs, maybe even win the division anyway. Right. Um, and, and I don't know if they'd go on a run, but I, I think next year we're going to be looking at, at both of these teams as you know legitimate kind of threats that could, could be really feared in the National League for some time. I mean, they have so much talent. Yeah. Uh, the pitching is the question, I think this year, the reason why we'd say that the D-backs are a better bet to make a run is because they got the best pitcher on either roster and Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly's having a great season as well. So I feel like that one, two punch is a differentiator between yeah. these rosters right now. And I, the thing with the Reds, it's interesting to look at is the Reds could be there because yeah. they have, I mean, they realistically, I know Ashcraft's been really bad this year and he's going through some stuff. He's figuring it out, but looking, even not including Ashcraft, you've got Hunter Green, you've got Nick Lodolo, and now you've got Andrew Abbott, who all have shown flashes of stuff that is elite. And it's not quite stuff that is, it's not Gallon and Kelly. They're not at that level yet. They're not going to be at that level this year. That's just, that's not going to happen. I don't see a world where you're trusting those three the way you trust Gallon and Kelly, but they could get there. And they've got some other guys that are on the way sooner than later. We got a recent piece on just baseball. You got to check it out. That came out this morning um, with Clay Snowden and Reese white, who talking about pitching prospects on the reds. And they've got a lot of young pitching prospects in the lower levels of their minor leagues who are kind of starting to break out. And some guys that are taking their stock to the next level, you know, just getting there slowly. And they're just continuing to churn out talent in that farm system. So they have the ability to get there. But like you said, right now in a playoff series, Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, based on how some of the other aces in the league are performing this year, I mean, Gallon's got a 284 and Kelly's got a 29 this season. They've both thrown over 90 innings. They've both got over 95 strikeouts and they both have whips under one, under one, one. So that is there, that there's not many one, two duos that's better in a playoff series right now. I mean, purely looking at this season, there's not another team. I don't think that has, that level of two guys in the first two games of a series. So beyond that, the Diamondbacks rotation is scary. I, I do not, I do not have much faith in the back half of the rotation. Um, I think that's the biggest thing where if they want to compete, they got to add a pitcher or two. And same thing with the bullpen. Their bullpen has been good. They have a few guys who they have some guys who have been really strong in the bullpen, but they need one more trustworthy bullpen guy, I think. And they definitely need a starter. And I think they were hoping that Brandon fought was going to be that starter for them this year. Um, uh, you know, he was coming after last year. He looked like he was almost ready. They called him up after a month that once they got rid of mad bum, they gave him one or two starts to get ready for schedule. They called him up. Uh, he had an eight, 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 three, seven ERA in his first five pro starts. That does not mean Brandon thoughts bad. Um, I think he's still a guy that I am really high on. I think he's going to be really good. He needs to adjust his arsenal. He's too reliant on his fastball. And that was very apparent when he came up to the league, but he's working through it. I don't know if that means he's a big factor this year, but I think there's still a really good chance that he can be a really a solid back half of the rotation guy to help complement Kelly and Gallon going forward. I think, you know, when we look at this season, the Reds are a team that technically could buy, but probably should. They should just kind of hold Pat, ride this thing out. They got the closer to Alexis Diaz. They have the young starters that could get hot in the second half, and in yeah. a playoff series could surprise us. The D-backs are a team where I say, go get that third starter. Now, yep. whether that's you know pushing the chips in for a Shane Bieber and getting some control, whether that's pushing you know some chips and getting a rental like a Marcus Stroman or 
Um, you know, an Erod who has the opt out. I think they got to add a starter to be, uh, you know, a, a real legitimate World Series threat, especially just just to know that you have, you know, three guys that you can count on at least. Right. The Reds, though, for looking at the future, I, I again, I, I think they just ride this wave, have fun this season. And moving forward, if we're looking at who has a brighter future, is it the Reds? Because you, you mentioned that article that Clay and uh, Reese wrote. If they got pitching coming on along the way, too, with all the hitting that's already up, not to mention you still have some more hitting that could arrive this year with CES. I mean, I don't know. Are the yeah, Reds, like, it, sneaky, the, the brightest future team in baseball right now? They're not far off. I mean, you got you to gotta factor in the Orioles with the amount of pitching, with the amount of prospect capital they have, in addition to how they've been playing this year. Um, I think you can... Yeah, I don't know if there's many teams beyond that that I would be thinking about over the Reds. And I, I think the D-backs can be there with them, but the Reds just are continuing to churn out talent. And it's like you look at this, every time they bring somebody up, they're making an impact. Even a Brandon Williamson, who was a guy who was a secondary piece in the trade la- in a trade last year and was kind of dealing with a lot of command issues. I saw him in spring training. He was did not look good early in the season, especially in Arizona. And then after a month of the season with all their injuries, they said, sure, we'll give him a try. And he's been serviceable. So they just, they continue to bring guys up that are just good. And like you said, I mean, you've got CES, who's one of the best natural power bats in the minor leagues and that he isn't even up yet. So that's another guy you're adding to your lineup that is going to be good. And then on the pitching side, like you said, they've got, they've had more and more pitchers that are starting to look like they could be a piece for them. So I think, I think it's hard to go against the Reds future right now. Um, I know it's, it's only been two months, right? So we don't want to jump ahead and say they're amazing in every way. And they, they're a great team, but like you said, I think they need a year. I don't think it's this year, but the one thing I'll say that I don't a hundred percent agree with you on is I, I think they can buy to an extent I, I get holding still and wanting letting this team develop because you don't want to block any of their big prospects right now. You don't want to you don't want to cut off playing time for guys like McLean and Ellie or anything like that. I mean, not at all. You need to get those keep those guys in the lineup, keep them going. But I think the Reds could be a team we see buy young assets and controllable assets. I don't think they're a team that should be putting a lot of prospect capital into a one into a guy who's a free agent at the end of the year. But you think about like if they if they want to go get a pitcher that could be stable for them, there's going to be a few pitchers available potentially that have more than this year of control. So for the Reds or pitchers that would be willing to sign an extension with the Reds, I mean, I, I could see a world where they acquire, you know, an, an Erod and they either keep him, get him, convince him to stay on his contract or sign him to a new deal. It's a risky game. I don't think it's going to, like you said, I don't think they buy a ton. I don't think there's a reason to buy a ton given their current status, but I wouldn't hate them adding a starter that is could be controllable one way or another. Now they have two of their best prospects right now uh, have come from the Luis Castillo trade. But in retrospect, if you could have Luis Castillo back and have him on a five-year $108 million contract, I don't know. Maybe maybe they they, they should have held yeah. on there, but I guess you, you never really know when your window is going to kind of shorten the way they didn't it expect to be competing this year. And they just they, they didn't really. I mean, they were they were planning for building their prospect capital, which they did a good job of. But smart. it is it is pretty crazy that they, they could have Luis Castillo with this exact same current lineup pretty much. Yep, that, yeah. they could. But here's the thing. It is June 22nd as we record today. 
The Cincinnati Reds are at 40 and 35 atop the NL Central. The Diamondbacks are at 45 and 30 atop the NL West. And nobody, no matter what they might tell you now, nobody on this planet thought that was going to happen. So it's already been a success. And these teams are teams to watch moving forward. That was today's edition of Who's Better Baseball. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and check out all the great written content we have coming your way at JustBaseball.com.